everyone and welcome to the first episode of Journalist Talk. This is a podcast from journalists to journalists. Hello everyone. Now today I have uh, my first guest for this podcast and he is Professor David Blumenkrantz. Thank you so much for coming here. Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Professor David Blumenkrantz, he is a photojournalist, a mm. uh, professor here at CSUN also a photojournalist in his professional life and would you mind if you give a brief biography about yourself? I got my BA in journalism at CSUN and uh, after that I ended up uh, going to Africa and I got lucky I got a job that for, uh, there was a nonprofit organization based here in California but they wanted me to travel to their field projects, doing relief and development projects in East Africa and Central Africa. And so I started going over there. And after a year of doing that, I ended up living there and working there for about eight years, uh, doing different kinds of documentary photojournalism projects. Uh, after a while, I became a freelancer. When I moved back to the U.S., I worked for a couple of years at the L.A. Times as a freelance photojournalist. It was a full-time kind of a freelance position that they used to have back then. And then I um, wanted to do something where I was not behind the camera. So I became an elementary school teacher. I did that for about eight years with the LAUSD. And um, while I was doing that, I got my master's degree in art education. And at the, I started teaching night classes in the art department here at CSUN and journalism department. And eventually it turned into a full-time position here in the journalism department as a professor. And uh, by around 2009, I got my MFA degree, which allowed me to get tenure. And I've been here ever since. When I was in Africa, I did a lot of work with street kids. And when I came back to the US, I found that there were a lot of parallels between the economic and social conditions of street children and the homeless situation here in Los Angeles. And I started documenting that quite a bit. And that started getting integrated into my teaching more and more. And in the last five years or so, I've been doing a lot of that. Then I started, uh, more recent, the last few years, I started traveling to China and documenting uh, what they call intangible cultural heritage artists. And I started uh, teaching photography workshops to different marginalized groups like homeless people and uh, at-risk youth in, in low-income communities, immigrant communities. And I went back to Africa, went back to Kenya for the first time in many years, just this past summer. I'm working on a project right now that would hopefully allow us to teach photography in one of the slum areas in, in Kenya next year. That's really nice. And you touched it a little bit in a few points that I wanted to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And you said that you went to Africa with a organization, nonprofit, right? Yeah. And if you didn't have this opportunity, would you have gone by yourself to do a personal project or you never would have thought of going to Africa, for example? It's not likely. I mean, it, it might have happened in some other way. If I had the opportunity, I would have gone because I, I thought it was, you know, I, I liked I liked traveling. I liked going to other cultures. And, and uh, as a photographer, you know, seeing something that's very different is always interesting. I, I often think like, what if I, that, that nonprofit organization that hired me was working in, in China or in South America and I went there first, would I have fallen in love with those places just the same way that I did in Africa. And I think possibly, yeah, because I'm just that kind of person that likes uh, to have adventure and 
and meet other people in other cultures. So, where does your passion for photography comes from? Because in the classes, you seem really passionate about everything that you do. And I guess that transfers a little bit to your students. Because, as you know, I told you, I'm not the biggest fan of doing photography. Yeah. I feel motivated in your class. You show passion with your projects. Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a, a really good question. I have a paper that I wrote when I was a student here. And I was kind of like my manifesto. And I, and I had like this epiphany when I was a student and I was taking photographs and I was taking photographs in the art department and I was taking photo journals and photo classes. And it just occurred to me that the camera is a great way of telling stories. I was, I was like an artist when I was a kid. I thought I was going to be a cartoonist or something like that. But when I picked up a camera for the first time when I was in, at community college at Valley College and I took some photographs and I went back to the darkroom and developed them. It's like that cliche when I saw the pictures being developed in a tray, I, you know, I had like this epiphany and I just knew this is what I want to do. And it was like something about being able to like tell a story so graphically, so with such detail, just by pushing the button. And so it freed you up to, to look and think and, and move around. So I just felt like, and that paper that I, that I mentioned, I, I wrote that if I'm going to take photographs, I'm going to use that opportunity to do something constructive with it right that there are stories that need to be told you know i and that's rather than just take pretty pictures or, or beautiful pictures uh, i was more interested in, in telling people's stories and for some reason i've always had an affinity for the for the underdog for what we call marginalized communities just always had an interest in that um maybe because i was raised in a very large family that didn't have a lot of money and i experienced a lot of poverty when i was a kid and i you know, I worked as a paper boy when I was like 12 years old. And I've always had, you know, had, I've had some level of struggle in my life. So I think I've always identified with people that have some sort of struggle. And to me, if you're, if you're going to do that, you, you better be passionate. Otherwise, people are going to just, you know, think you're just slumming, just, you know, dabbling in their misery just for your own edification. So I do feel strongly about the people that are in my photographs and, and every encounter I have with people when I meet them. Every, every encounter is, is, is like a unique experience where I, you know, it's a challenge to get people to, um, to trust you and, and so on. Would you say that the peak of your work was when you were in Africa or something else that you've done around the United States? Um, I don't know about peak, but I would say that that time I had in Africa without a doubt, was the most formative experience that, that really formed who I am, formed my way of thinking about the world, the things that I experienced, things that I saw. I experienced, you know, incredible uh, suffering and all that, but I also experienced incredible grace and generosity from people that had almost nothing. I got inspired to become a school teacher by visiting all the different schools and seeing these teachers in these really under-equipped schools it's very inspiring. The body of work that I created over in eight years in Africa, which culminated in a, in a book that I self-published a couple of years ago, that work has sort of carried me in a lot of different ways ever since then. It, when I went to China, when I showed some of those photographs to a, at a conference in China, the first time I went there, you know, approached by some professors afterwards, we'd like to work with you. We like this. We, we were very involved in this intercultural communication and, and documentation of marginalized communities. And we love you, we love your work. So the work that I did in Africa has just always acted as sort of like a passport to me. I mean, in fact, when I went to the LA Times, 
when I came back from Kenya and I went to the LA Times and I walked in there with a, with a portfolio of my photographs and I showed it to the photo editor and she just on the spot said, yeah, you can, you can shoot for us. It impresses people, but beyond the exotic and the, because it's so different, you know, I'd like to think that the photographs do say something and, and people respond to that. So yeah, that, that's been really important to me. The work I've done on the homeless story of the last few years has, has, has been really important to me. I've, I've won some awards for that work. So that, that might be a peak of, of some sort, I guess. And even when I went to China, I, I was given an award by the CSUN China Institute for uh, whatever they called it that year for the, the best uh, contribution to their, to their field of study. So there's been several peaks and valleys in my career, but I think Africa is the most dominant yeah, theme that runs through everything. And what did you prefer uh, to working on the LA Times or working in the nonprofit projects or your own projects? It was funny because when I came back and got working with the LA Times, I was also working at that time with, a, with something called the LA Reader, which is like a um, like the LA Weekly, like the alternative press. I was working for both of them. And I, I liked working for the LA Reader better because it was subcultural stuff. It was a lot of more progressive pol political stuff. LA Times to me was, it was a paycheck. It was prestigious. It looks good on the resume. And I got to rub, I got to meet a lot of great photographers. But I, I felt that it was compared to being in Africa, working for the nonprofit organization over there. And after I left that organization that I was originally hired by, I worked for other groups as well, like the Indugu Society with Street Kids. I ran their information department for a couple of years. So those experiences were so intense and so, so enriching that quite honestly, by comparison, working for the LA Times was a little bit boring for me, which is why I went into elementary school teaching. And what is the award related to your photojournalism work that you are the most proud of receiving it? When I did my big homeless project, uh, it was called the One of Us Project, and I worked with one CSUN student. We went around, we interviewed about 40 or more different homeless people, people experiencing homelessness in different locations. We did portraits and interviews with them. And we had a really nice exhibition at the Museum of Social Justice in Los Angeles. And they told me later that it was the most, most attendance of any exhibition they'd ever had. Like in the course of nine months, they got like 17,000 visitors or something like that. It was really, really well received. And for that, they gave me their annual Social Justice Hero Award, which I think is, you know, I don't really like the term hero applied to a, a photographer or a journalist or a writer, but that's what they call it. And I, you know, that to me, that was a really good honor. I thought that was really nice of them to acknowledge the work I was doing with the homeless community. For the same work, I got an award from CSUN, I think the same year or the year after, which was called the Exceptional Creative Activity Award mm -hmm. for the entire university, not just for our department. And so that also made me feel the work I was doing was being acknowledged. It was having an impact. Yeah, that's the best self-accomplishment feeling, I guess. Yeah. And would you say that this is the same project that you are most proud of? I think my in my entire career, I'd say that the work I did with the Nduga Society of Kenya, working with the street kids, is probably what I'm most proud of. If you look at my book, there's a picture on the cover of the book from that experience. You know, when I first got to Kenya, I immediately began noticing the street kids and, and photographing them and documenting them and had all kinds of experiences where I had kids break into my car and steal my computer and they got and listened while behind closed doors while they were beaten by the police and had a long experience with the street kids that culminated 
in my being hired by this organization to run their information department. So basically the entire eight years I was in Africa, I was involved in that project. And some of the work that I did with them, I produced a small booklet with UNICEF and, and uh, produced some videos. And it's just nice to be able to take photographs that are used maybe to raise awareness or to raise money for projects. Yeah, I like your, your answer because it touches two things that I wanted to ask. What do you think it's harder for you as a photojournalist? Do you, your documentaries that I know that you like posted on your YouTube channel, some short videos, or doing the photographies itself or the book with a lot of photographies and some explanation of their lives. What do you think it's harder? You know, the hardest thing was getting a book published. That was really hard. And then getting the books into Africa. That was a whole other podcast. That's a whole other story. The amount of work it took to get those books into Kenya, into Africa, and then get them through customs and get them into libraries and bookstores. It was just, that was a great experience this past August. But for me, you know, I love editing video. That's a pleasure. It can be tedious and time consuming, but I really enjoy it. I love putting it like together like a puzzle, putting the narrative together, picking the right clip with the right b-roll with the right photograph with the right bit of music or the right bit of audio to me that's a pleasure there's nothing really hard you know it's not like i have to go out and dig ditches or clean toilets for a living it's a privilege to be able to do photojournalism or this kind of work for a living and for me like when i like i said when i'm like out riding my bicycle and i stop and i see a homeless camp and i stop and get off and talk to people that's not even work that's i'm doing it because i'm exercising and i'm just to me I, i believe in um the saying that work is life and life is work so i've seen your work from the one of us projects that you send me the projects that you show us in in class and you you colorful photographs and also black and whites why would you think it's the most powerful for you i started out as a black and white photographer you know i, I as a community college we had a dark room they, we shot black and white film we printed it and all the photography that i studied as a student and all the photography if you look at my bookshelf over here most of the photographs are black and white i never shot a project primarily in color until i started working on the homeless project because i felt like i wanted to show the people you know not as being homeless just portraits of them so i wanted to show their actual skin so you could really see something about their life through their skin. So I thought the color was better for that. Black and white is an abstraction. It, it removes the color. So you're left with all the shapes and the shadows and the textures and, and the form. And I, I prefer black and white. And since our time is reaching to an end, what did you learn in your photojournalism career that it's a left a life lesson to you? People are not always going to look at your photographs the way you want them to look at them. Um, but what's really important is that you care about the people that are in the photographs. And I wanted to thank yeah, you not- for your time to being here and talking to me. It was a pleasure to talk to you about photojournalism and the work that you've done, the help you gave all these people and showing that they are humans and not just some portraits to keep around. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode and be tuned for the next one. Follow us on our Facebook page, Journalist Talk, and our website. Thank you!